The Entrepreneur Adventure, giving entrepreneurs the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before. We are here today with a special in-house edition of the Entrepreneur Adventure. We're going to talk about partnerships today. I am with my co-host, Josh Melton, my business partner, and we're going to tell stories and lessons and things we've learned over the last 20 years of being in partnerships with each other, with other people, and all the things you can learn before you engage into your next partnership. This is my first time ever co-hosting, so I'm a little uncomfortable. Typically, I'm the host and carry all the all the load, so to speak. So it'll be fun today with me just being the co-host and seeing whatever you do with this thing and how you land this plane. I like it. Number one rule of partnerships, take control. Set the stage. You have 51% ownership. I'm right? a lot less shy when we don't have a guest. This is way <laughs> easier when it's just me and you. So partnerships, Dave Ramsey, not a fan of partnerships. He hates them. He says, own 100% of your company, figure it out. And you and I both agree. We're, we don't agree. We, we think that partnerships are better. I agree. Dave, Dave Ramsey is also not a fan of debt, and I'm neck deep in that. So <laughs> why would I stop there? Yeah, <laughs> I don't listen to Dave. <laughs> Uh, no, I get it from Dave's perspective, what he's saying, and we obviously have had some fun partnership stories and some not-so-fun partnership stories, which we'll talk about today. But even with that said, we both agree, we think that you and I, we're better in business partnerships than we are in, like, solo ventures. Absolutely. I, I love partnerships. Uh, there's, of course, been some funny stories and some winning and losing along the way. And and what's interesting, I think if you ask 90% of entrepreneurs and business owners, they are very anti-partnership. You and I are the few partners that I know that are actually pro-partnerships and that uh, approach that aspect of every way they do business. I love partnerships. Everything I do right now has a partner, and uh, that's multiple businesses and multiple industries. Uh, I've had very few things I've done on the solo side, and I'm just a huge fan. I think if it's approached right and the things we can talk about today will help guide you on how to structure it correctly and how to learn from some of the mistakes and the things uh, we've done in the past. Where do you want to start? All right, I got to ask you on your on your end, because you still work and are a partner in a company that was one of your first jobs coming out of college. That's right. Yep. So you worked yourself into a partnership. Mm-hmm. How did it happen? Tell us a little bit of that story. How did you, because it's, it's a company that's been, that's been around for a long time and how long has the company been in existence? Great question. This, this is our 49th year in business. Yes, 49 years. 50 years in business. Yep, and you absolutely. came into the business 17, 20, 18, 20 years ago? 21 like years ago. Okay. So uh, backstory, my education and career, I'm in the accounting and tax business. And if you've listened to previous podcasts, uh, you probably heard me talk about financial things. That's kind of where my uh, knowledge and my interest in energy lies in the financial side of things. I love numbers. I love that side of things. So I was in college here in Athens and thinking about majoring in accounting and didn't know what that meant, didn't know what that focus meant. So I said, hey, let's get out the phone book. Let's find somewhere in accounting or tax to work. I landed here. I was an employee making like, I don't know, $6 an hour or something part-time in college. Ended up graduating, staying here, and over time was able to work my way into the partnership side by first coming up with ideas 
and other ventures that we could do together. I was taking the owners of the business at the time and including, they had money, I had ideas and work ethic and passion. Let's combine their money with my ideas and let's go venture into other projects and be partners in other things. That's how it started for me, is I leverage my time outside of work into finding ways to make us all more money and other places. So and, this is a cool story and because fifty percent partners in those you things. Sold your bosses on why they should partner with you on a venture outside of what they were paying you to oh, do. Oh, that's big risk there, brother. Yeah. Risk reward. Like, hey man, I'm really thinking I should do more than just work for you guys. Why don't you finance me doing this? We can partner up. But that's what you did. I did. So you must have been performing pretty well at your job for them to be willing to partner up with you outside of your job. At the time, I would have said, absolutely. <laughs> Looking back now, I'm not so sure. I don't know why they trusted me to go on these ventures and give me money and support and time to do it. But it worked. It worked more times than it didn't. So, do you remember which one was the first thing you did? Because you did this multiple times, right? I, oh, yeah. It was multiple times, multiple places. The first one was buying and selling used vehicles. Okay. I was just telling Justin this earlier today. It's like, I'm pretty sure Chad bought and sold used cars at one point in time. So, so it's so it, a little bit more about it. Yeah, it started with, I found somebody selling, it was a 1996 Ford F-150 four-wheel drive. And I wanted one of those, but I couldn't afford it. And somebody was selling it for like $2,500. And I knew it was worth four grand or $4,500. I didn't have $2,500. So I said, hey, will y'all partner with me? I know we can buy this truck. It's about to be football season. We'll park it out here in front of the business on Saturday. We'll put some Georgia flags on it. I know we can sell it for five grand, guaranteed on a football. So it was red and black. I mean, it was just beautiful, perfect shape. And sure enough, like, you're like, all right, let's do it. They gave me twenty five hundred dollars. We bought the truck. We sold it for five grand. I made twelve hundred and fifty bucks. I got half of the profit. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. And so I like went on a mad search to do it again, to do it again. And then I had wanted to restore vehicles and get into like some old seventies four wheel drive. I was always interested in that side of things because I saw one one time when I was doing some random summer job in Atlanta. Didn't know what it was, but I saw an international scout. It was on a campus that I was doing some cable work on. Whole another random story. Uh, but I'm like, I don't know what that is, but it's some convertible like four-wheel drive that's really cool. And it's like a vintage. So we, I found one and it was a piece of junk and it was like $800. And so we bought it and I talked to him into giving me the money to figure out how to restore it. And we restored it. We had like four grand in it. And I was like, this is amazing. God, I don't want to sell it. Like, I want to keep it. And so I'm like, how do I How do I kind of deal with this? How do I? They put their money in it. I don't really want to sell it. We got to figure something out. Well, in the meantime, of me trying to like figure out what to do, somebody showed up. I was like, I'll give you 10 grand for it. And I was like, done. So <laughs> like, I don't want it that bad. <laughs> so all of a sudden, we started making money yeah. restoring cars. Well, that actually ended up leading into a used car business, getting a used car dealer's license, 
which ended up in the process of also being combined with a title loan company, which then got into somehow leveraged into we're flipping cars, why don't we flip houses? I kind of started dabbling into construction and real estate and just all sorts of different directions from there. But that's how it all started with some pickup truck on a game day Saturday. I love this, man. Doubling our money. So you talked, your your bosses who were risk-taking accountants, <laughs> obviously, into getting into the used car business. I just, that's, that's amazing. You're a good sales guy from the beginning. This building you're sitting in was an idea I had to partner up on a new building for the business before I was even a partner in the business. Okay. So we made the venture and they trusted me to build this building and let's build a building. Let's have a new, new place for the office. Let's rent out part of it to make the numbers work. And that's just another example of where I was leveraging my ideas and my work ethic with their credit and money to combine and make things happen. Had you and built then, a commercial building yet at that point in time? No, yeah. not at all. Yeah, it can't be, it can't be that hard. <laughs> That's awesome. So you became business partners with your bosses in the real estate your office was in. That's right. That's crazy. Yep. And then that led to us opening other tax offices to go in different directions. Some stuff worked, some stuff didn't. And then being over time partners in everything. And, and here we are. So that's how it all started. That was my first partnership. That was uh, the first venture that uh, in real life business that I'd done together with somebody. And I knew I had ideas and was willing to do the work and figure it out. And they had the trust and the support and the money. So we partnered up. Here we are 21 years later. Uh, Ken and I are still partners in a lot of different stuff. We still do stuff together. We do stuff separate also. So it's a good balance of uh, navigating a partnership over 20-something years and one that I'm still even an employee of inside of the partnership. Yeah. So it's a little different path than most people take. Yeah. Different and, path than you've been on. Oh, totally different. And it's interesting because your partnership story started off with a good story. So your first partners, <laughs> you know, yes. like you, you, you've maintained that. You're still partners with, uh, with Ken. So I found out I had no career-type ambition when I graduated college. I just I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had no idea what I wanted to major in when I was in college. Like I, when, I, when I started college, you're like this. I started, I had the idea, like I was impacted from my coaches in high school. So like sports I played, like those are the guys. I, just, I felt like they made a difference in my life. So I was like, oh, okay, I think I want to do that. So I'll go to college and I'll be a teacher and a coach. I'll, I don't know how many guys say this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach history. And I'll be a coach as well, coach baseball and soccer. And so I, you know, go to college with that mindset to then realize like all the work that the teacher, like people who were training to be teachers had to do. And I was like, screw that crap. Like that sucks, man. They're, they're like their path for graduating is difficult. So I don't, I don't know what I want to do now. So leaving college, I still had no idea. I just took the first job. I applied for one place coming out of college. I was going to stay in Tacoa, which was where I went to college. Got that job. Just kind of like placeholder. Like I need to make some money. So I got this low-end job i'm like a customer customer support rep for a company that makes like bank deposit forms and envelopes and crap so you're a w-2 employee for I'm some a w-2 employee. boring company oh, yeah. doing some sucky job absolutely like majority of people around me in the town i was in like there's like a 50 percent graduation rate from high school so as a college 
kid in this environment. Like the overwhelming majority of people didn't have a college degree. It was mostly, you know, high school, if that. But I just needed a job and I applied and I got it and I was there. But my first like real job opportunity, you know, I started thinking about career type stuff. What do I want to do? Who do I want to be? This sucks. This is boring. There's no like path toward anything. I was in a band at the time. I was a lead singer in a band. That was like my ambitious part of me was in that. Like, I'm going to do music. This would be awesome. But eventually I'm like, all right, I'm going to move to Atlanta and get a real job. And so I got a job selling uh, merchant processing. So I like Ooh, credit cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, credit God. card processing. Shadiest right? yeah. freaking yes. industry there is, man. It's like Cut used throat. cars, yes. man. It was crazy. So I'm working with this company. I'm like, commission based, I assume. Man, it was straight commission. Yeah, yeah. Straight commission. So I'm doing this. And again, shady, just shady, shady, shady industry. They're like, the, my, the guy who owned the company, great guy, brilliant from the standpoint of a business guy. But he was shady because he's in a shady industry. And I'll never forget these things he said to me. He's like, Josh, business is murky. That was the his, <laughs> business is murky. It was his the ends justify the means story. And he was like, you know, on the if they come with us, they'll be better off than the the crooks that they're with now. We'll treat them better than they will. Business is murky. Never forget that. And so I did that for three months. And then like dude, the company I was with, they were this is the earlier days of the internet. This is like 2003, 2004. So the internet's like gaining popular, like everybody's starting to get on it. You know, at first in the late nineties, like some people had access, it was really the early two thousands. Like it started becoming America online was sending out those little DVDs or CDs or whatever. So everybody's getting internet access. And so gambling websites start coming up on the internet. Oh yeah. And they're all illegal. You can't like, they're yeah, none of them that's right. And uh, we end up, doing merchant processing for this illegal gambling site. And I was like, man, I like, I quit on the spot. I'm like, I can't do this, man. Like, is it enough? You know, all the other stuff. So I quit with nothing. We were very different back then. We were very different. I you're probably like got running. a promotion at that point. With we, that were company. Probably, we were probably doing the merchant processing for the <laughs> illegal gambling rings you were running in college. But yeah, so I quit on the spot. I had nothing to do. And I'm in Atlanta. I have no network. I don't know anybody. I knew like two people there. So I joined like a church small group. So I knew some people there. And one of the guys in the church small group had a car washing business. Okay. It's like mobile detailing. It was, this was in Roswell, Alpharetta, Georgia. So you have all these nice office spaces and all these people that come to work, they're there for eight hours and they got nice cars that, you know, they let you wash them during the day while they're at work. So, so entrepreneur Josh Melton yeah. has a college degree. Yeah. You're in Atlanta, Georgia, and you're like, man, I think I'm going to wash cars. I quit my job and I was like, that I is out your to do. Was that something that you knew was a temporary move for you, or were you just like, "Hey, I need some money"? Or I had I had to eat. I had to. You're like, just like, I just I need I a had job. An apartment. Yeah, I had to have. I had to do something, and it was something I could do. And again, I had a buddy who was doing it. Yeah. And so this is so I partnered up, sorry, with a different buddy who was in that same church small group, named Evan. Just got my oh gosh, hilarious guy. And Evan had a job. So what we did is we partnered up and I would start off doing the, the labor and we would build to where he could quit his job because he didn't like what he was doing. He was okay. like delivering okay, parts so that was for like an a entrepreneur BM. plan behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And at this point in time, I had transitioned when I had that Atlanta job where I was like, I think I want to do my own thing. My parents had an income, um, you know, tax, whatever, yeah. bookkeeping business growing up. So I grew up in an office. So I had that planted in me. I just didn't, you know, didn't how it was going to play out. I didn't really think about it. But it wasn't strange to think, work for yourself because I watched my dad sure. do it while he was a pastor of a church. So yeah, so me and this guy Evan, we talk, and I'm like, all right, man, let's let's do this. I got to do something. So why partner at that point? Why? What was the? I, I needed resources. You're like, I just same as me. You're like, a, I don't have all the tools to. Oh no, man, do I moved to Atlanta own. from you know I was making nine dollars an hour in Tacoma, Georgia. I moved with no money, no anything. I'm in yeah. Roswell, Georgia. It's a very wealthy area. Like apartment was higher than my you know any expense I had in Tacoma, 
and I have no income. So I'm like, I have to do something and I have to do something quick and I have no financial resources to do anything with. So this guy had a real job he had and real some job. money and you're like, all right, I see a partnership. Well, here's the funny thing. He didn't it have was a money. partnership at a necessity. He and I were friends, right? Okay. And so all it's right. one of those things. Like, yeah, it'd be cool to partner up. I'm 23 years old. He's 21. Like, we're just naive. He's like, well, my dad's got this van. And it was a, it was so old, Doug. The type was like a G20, Ford G20 or something like that. I mean, I looked like I was going to kidnap your kids, you know, pulling up. But we got this van from his dad that he, like, financed to us and let us buy it from him. And I'm serious. This thing was, like, old. Like, this old army van, man. And so we buy this big 150-gallon tank of water. We put it in there. We get a generator. We get an electric pressure washer. And, like, I'm on the road, bro. Like, I'm, I pull up at an office complex. I've got a laminated... Um, poster board I put in there put in the office and they call the number and I'd go get their keys and I'd wash their car on there at work so you're just cold walking in the door oh, yeah, I'm here that. to wash cars here's call my me. sign yeah and I had again a buddy had done it so I yep. learned a little bit from that man the very first day I didn't grow up building houses I didn't grow up doing anything that was like trade oriented right I mean just getting the daggum generator turned on the first time probably took 30 minutes you know <laughs> and I'm like washing somebody's car and like straight up man I, I probably spent three hours on the first car Cause I was just so like paranoid, you know, trying to do it's gotta it. Got to be perfect, yeah. Oh yeah, and like there's water spots on it. It's this dude's nice beamer. By the way, at this time I didn't know how to drive a stick shift. So there's like, here you go. And I'm like, oh god, you know what's gonna happen? So I do that for a, a bit, but we get this old van, and man, I'll never forget being in this 30 year old van. And I would go to my apartment, so I carried the water to the site. I couldn't plug in to these random, oh yeah, big office uh-huh. complexes, right? So I had to bring the water with me. So I'm. 150-gallon tank of water weighs a little bit when you get some water in it. And so I would go, like, either really early in the morning or really late at night. I'd go to my apartment. You know, apartments, they would oftentimes have these little, like, car wash little units in there. And I'd be in that car wash unit, like, filling it up, (laughs) spraying it. It would take forever. This is 150 gallons. And, uh, man, I'll never forget being at a red light in that van. And and you're hearing the... And the whole van, because the water smooth, moves, yeah, yeah. Oh, back and forth. And I lived up this, uh, in some apartments. It was like up a 45 degree angle, like road. And I remember that old van and there was a crystal restaurant like right there. And so people would go up and they had to turn left to go to it. So we'd be stopped. I'm just like sitting there in that van thinking like, dear Jesus, please don't let this thing die. Because it was old. But we did that and had that partnership with, with Evan. And it never turned into anything from the standpoint of us. So he was basically, he helped me get, helped us, helped us get the van and I did that for three or four months, and I got married. And that's what ended that business partnership was I was like, all right, is Kim going to move here to Roswell and I'm going to wash cars, you know? And you could, by the way, you could make a lot of money doing that. Sure. And it was a cash business. So like it was working. It was a successful was working, partnership. Man. Yeah, it was working. And it was bootstrapped, and it was fun, and yeah. they were figuring it out. And the crazy thing is you can go now. Now, this being said, Evan was a great partner because he didn't really have to do anything, right? He just helped us get set up and started. Sure. He had some of the knowledge. He had the resources. I probably wouldn't know because – Four months in, I'm gone, right? So, like, I'm the bad partner in this one. But that dude does it now full-time. He's one of the best in the business. Buff guys in Alpharetta. He's like, he, I was washing whatever car. You know, there were some nice cars I was washing. He's doing, like, refinishing and detailed work on, like, Lamborghinis and Ferraris and crap. So, he ended up, like, this partnership ended up him truly quitting his job and doing this for a living. He is one of the best. Like, and it's still in it. business 20 years and later. And he wanted to name it Buff Guys. And I was like, dude, I can't do that, man. I can't name it Buff Guys. <laughs> it was a great idea. By the way, it was a brilliant idea. I'm a 23-year-old in-shape dude, generally, for the most part, washing cars for women while they're at work. It was a great marketing idea and everything. 
But uh, I, was, I can't do it. So we didn't call it that. But, yeah, when he eventually did his own thing, years down the road later, he called it Buff Guys. And, again, they're the best to look them up. Look them up on Instagram. That is amazing. Is. Yeah, so uh, great. But, it was, but for me, it was a successful partnership because it helped me pay the bills until I got married. And then we, I moved back to where Kim was at. She had a very stable, steady job that she enjoyed. Okay. So we made that decision. So I'm out of that partnership. But, so you're yeah. back, no job, new oh, town, so, yeah, like I, starting from scratch again. Yeah, so I got a job then. So I went out of business, got a job, Yeah. and was just doing something there for a little bit until I knew I had that entrepreneurial. So, 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 all right, so back to this partnership. Yeah. And again, a partnership out of necessity at the time. Yes. Uh, two people not knowing anything, but pulled some resources. What did you learn? Any? What was your biggest takeaway from that and, and any regrets there? Man, I didn't know anything. Right. So yeah. there's, I, I don't know if we ever like even started a bank account. Like we were just, again, it was mostly cash business. Like some people would write sure. a check. It was mostly people just giving you cash, but we didn't do merchant processing, any credit card. I wasn't <laughs> going to get into that crazy shady thing. Um, <laughs> man, it was the value of the hustle. I, yeah. I mean, if you, if you legitimately were going to do that work, number one, even at 23, it was hard work. It's you're on asphalt. It's a hundred plus degrees and, you're in somebody's car and it's turned off like I'd be, you know, spent at the end of it. But I realized that if I was willing to work hard, I, I made more money doing that than I did at the other job. And when I started, I did have like a draw and all that stuff. I was making more money than those guys were making from the other employees that were working there. Sure. And, um, yeah, I was just like, man, if you're willing to work hard, it, it helped me understand because that was the first time I was full-time in something mm-hmm. where it was like, if it's going to be, it's up to me. And you can do it. You can make it happen. You can make some money. At any point in that, like at, at that time, and that's where all, I think, entrepreneurs start and all partnerships, you were trading time for money. Oh, 100%. At, at any point in that, did you recognize, man, if I could get other people to do this, I wouldn't have to do the work. I can make money. Or, man, if I could be in Evan's role, I could be the money man and somebody else doing the work. Did any of that ever like cross your mind or, or land at the time? hundred percent, man. Um, Cause even the guy, so I, when I started out as fast as I did, my buddy who was doing it, he's yeah. like, look, I got some properties. I have the rights to, to do wash cars here. Cause I negotiated a relationship with the facilities director. And so he was doing that with me. So I was oh, giving him a cut. So you were giving yeah. some off the top. So I, I was giving him you 15%. Had an ex- okay. Yeah. So your partnership was even a level under somebody else's Yes, because he had the some... instant relationship. Because I can go out and find my own properties and do it completely by sure. myself. I was like, I got to start making money like now. now. Yeah. And so, yeah, he, he was able to, which was in the end really good for him because he actually had an injury. He was out of work for a while and he at least had some income because I took over all of his accounts. And that's pretty cool too. I think that goes into something most young entrepreneurs and business owners don't realize. Sometimes your biggest allies and biggest places of support are people in your same industry. Oh yeah. The the whole competitive nature of business I think for most of us at this level doesn't exist. You figure out it's an abundance mentality. There's plenty of work. And if you do a good job and take care of people, working together, even in a as a competitor, theoretically, is better than than the alternative. I was a very like trusting that. person. Sure. And I think that served me well in partnerships. And I know some people would be like they would they would feel the opposite. Oh, I was trusting this person and they took advantage of me. But for me, you didn't have anything to lose either. I had nothing to lose. We went into this deal and it was just again, I, I didn't have a long term vision probably for that particular company. Mm-hmm. But I knew for something, I didn't want to work that hard my whole life. 
and I'd already had the bug and the dream and vision from like from audios I'd listened to and from books that I'd read about. I'd already read Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, The Cash Flow Quadrant. So I, I knew that, and it was just that that business. Honestly, man, the funnest part about it was that I was by myself all day when I was doing this, and so I was just listening the entire time to like I was developing myself mentally for what was to come next. And that was a cool part of that business. But the thing, the big takeaway from it was that if you were willing to take a risk and you were willing to hustle, you could out earn your, like the people in the office. Like I'm out there cleaning their cars, but I was making more money than some of the people that's paying me to clean their cars. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a matter of how hard I wanted to work. If I, I could have been lazy and not made anything, or I could have been ambitious and made a lot more. And I was just like, how many can I get done and do at a high level? So it, my time improved a lot from the three hours it took me on the first car. You know what I'm saying? I figured out systems for doing things, ways to work around it. From a partnership level, again, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't have the partnership. Yeah. So it helped me sense. have the resources I needed emotionally and physically to, to get it started and make it happen. Took away some fear, some stress. Yeah, right? it, wasn't, it wasn't all by myself. Let's uh, do this. I love lose it. or win together. And then fast forward, mm-hmm. were you and I the next partnership in your life? No. So my next one was... Um, Outside of my wife and I partnering on stuff, right. you know that's that one definitely still a partnership, but it's just unique and different. Um, when I was in Athens earlier on, I, I had a partnership with the guy. We were launching something. This was right when social media was starting to like blow up. Okay, so you have like Gary Vaynerchuk is like the on the scene, and people start like knowing what his name is, and he wrote the book Crush It that was big at that point. Twitter's just taken off, Facebook is taking off. Everybody can be a part of it. They're starting to do the business stuff, and so this guy. I got connected with just locally in Athens. We started a business. And we're like, we're going to help businesses get on social media because they know they got to do it. And they're it's like, a brilliant idea. They were asking the question. Now we're like, it's a good idea now. Right. Be, Especially right now, back then. Yeah. yeah. So this is before everybody was on it. They right. were like recognizing the trend. Like all these people are on it. They're spending their time on it. How do I get my business on it? And so we're like, oh, we can come in and teach this. And so we started doing that. And like, there was a ton of interest. There was some fear from people like paying because they didn't know what they're paying for. They did, but that was kind of part of the, the stick. You know, they're like, we know we need to be doing this. We have no idea. What's it mean? How does it yeah. work? How do I make money with and it? I'm in my 20s at this point. So everybody we're talking to, they're much older than that. So mm-hmm. they don't, they're not even on social media, really. They're just trying to figure it out, you know. And so coming to that one. So this is, a I say, a bad partnership story. It's good and bad. The funny thing I've is. I've never that, heard any of this, by the way. Oh, this yeah. is awesome. So this guy, good guy, good guy. He would be on the on the, the so again I said I'm very trusting. He would have been more of a skeptical person. So he had a business that was in the like that was geared toward college students, and so he could operate to some degree on a college schedule. So it's like one year where so we're doing this business, we're helping businesses transition to social media. Uh, what we really found as a niche, instead of like taking over and managing their social media, we were teaching them like, hey, look, we're doing boot camps and classes. Here's oh, what here's you how you here's run how your you social media. Okay, yeah, yeah, we would like set it up for them in class. They would do it themselves and teaching for like mostly solopreneurs. We'd really tried to go after like banks and like bigger companies that could afford it, but they were just so reluctant with their testimonies or, or with their their testimony or their reputation. They didn't want to like sure. give somebody else any authority in that. Yeah. So we're doing these boot camps and all this stuff. Anyway, so we have this thing where like we're taking a break for a couple weeks around Christmas. Man, you're not doing classes and boot camps like Dude, before awesome. anybody even knew what it was. Yeah, it was it's fun. Amazing. And you were legitimately helping people understand like real life. They they were setting up their profiles for their businesses on social media in the class and being taught how to use it. And we could show them that and it was cool. And during that process, so at that point I have a cleaning business. I'm full time in an insurance business by myself, and I have this thing on the side. And like I like pull something up 
it's like the website got updated. And when the website got updated, I wasn't on it anymore. Like this random other person was on it, this lady. And I like call my like, dude, what, what's up, dude? And he's like, oh yeah, I mean, over the couple of weeks, I just didn't feel like it was working right. And so we decided to do this. I'm like, well, number one, that's BS. And number two, that ain't going to work. <laughs> that ain't going to work. So our partnership dissolved in that moment. Like they was just. You found out you were no longer a partner. Oh, dude. When the website came out and you were not on it. It was 100%. See, I had a lot of like communication at that time. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, is again, and, and I'm not saying I was a good partner or a bad partner in that. Sure. There's a lot of naivety. We're in our, you know, he was younger than me. We're, I'm still in my early 20s or mid-20s of that that part. And it's something brand new and different. So I'd have some business experience, but nothing with a partner um, where things are more formal like that. And we didn't have any, it was a startup. So we didn't have any like all this paperwork and legal stuff. It was just like, like my first partnership. Hey, we got some ideas. Let's start rolling and doing some stuff. And it did. It crashed and burned not too far after that. Uh, because you know, like that idea he had to try to replace me with this random person didn't work out at all. It was a really bad move. And of course at that point I'm like, yeah, I don't do business with you unless I can trust you. And we sure. So, okay. This is, this is really cool to, to dive in a little more mindset at that point. You're like, man, partnerships suck. I'm done with partnerships. Or you like, eh, that didn't really work. So no big deal. Or what was your... Yeah, great question. Did you try to like blame it on a partnership or your partner? Or were you like, yeah, I'll just go into something else or what? I th- mean, I think it would have been different if I had not been engaged and involved in other things, right? So this sure. is like, I got two businesses that I'm working in as primary businesses. You know, I got one, I'm, I got an insurance agency that's basically my full-time job and I'm running. And then I have a cleaning business that I'm still deeply involved with and even cleaning at night. And this is a third tier deal that's a startup and Again, we had some revenue, we had some uh, activity, you know, some clients and stuff, but it wasn't enough for me to want to deal with the hassle of like that situation that had just happened. And so it was easy for me to be like, yeah, we're, that's shady. I already quit one job from shady. I don't do shady. You know, that's not my thing. Yeah, I'm out. From that business perspective. So yeah, it was easy to just to be a cut off. And I don't really, you know, remember thinking one way or the other at that point in time, as far as in yay for partnerships or nay, but I was had two existing companies where I was solo. Sure. So it was probably more on the end of like, you know, whatever. I'll just go over here and spend my time doing my own thing. Yeah. And I didn't partner up again until you and I partnered. And that, I assume that business, that previous partnership, that business no longer exists. That business it crashed and burned. Yeah. No other relationship with that person anymore. They tried yeah. to like re, you know, vitalize it. They tried to like bring it back from the dead a couple times it just never worked okay but you know it's not going to work when you're trying to he, he tried to do it with other partners but he had more of a, again a great guy i still like the guy i just recognize oh he's a skeptical non-trusting mm-hmm. person so it's always going to be that that battle That's yeah right. he's gonna be looking Metal. for yeah. where like where am i not carrying mine like he's gonna he's, he's protecting himself and i'm like no i want to be able to just we both come just to the table together thing. and like sure. assume the best and so i recognize from that situation like oh this is just not someone that I want to partner with. Now we he and I stayed friends. Okay. I just recognized yeah. him on the personal level, like yeah, I don't. So from this a, wouldn't work. It's from a partners. success rate, you're essentially batting fifty percent in a exit strategy of what worked for you versus you getting surprised you were no longer a partner. But from a financial standpoint, you're batting hundred percent. You haven't lost any money. You've made money in both ventures. You've learned some business stuff. You've leveraged that and done your own thing. Yeah, that second one was just wasted time. 
Okay. So I made yeah. some money from the standpoint of what I engaged and invested in it to what I profited just on paper. But in reality, I And I you learned what kind of point. partner you did not want. It identified, I do not want to be a partner with this type of person. 100%. Yeah. I recognize yeah. how important trust would be in a partnership. Like, okay, so it's not just enough to be friends. Like, you have to be able to determine the character of the other person, not as in like, will they lie still or cheat, but as much as like, is this person one to trust? Because what I've found in, as a partner or as an employer is if you bring someone on your team that has a trust issue, they think you're untrustworthy. <laughs> yes, Because I they agree. have a trust issue yes. and they have it not because they want it, because typically they had a negative experience in their past somewhere. But if they have an issue with trust and you are a trustworthy person, you have to win them to the fact that you're trustworthy. They believe from the starting block that you're not trustworthy. And you know what? I've never thought about it from a trusting standpoint, but looking back, that's what made my early partnerships successful. When I look back at my partnerships with Ken and Ken and his dad and different things that we were able to do together, it was always trusting. Like I, They trusted me to make the best decisions for us and their money, and they didn't ask a whole lot of questions. They trusted me to go do it and were on board and agreeing with the direction I wanted to go. And also, I had no protection of, all right, at the end of the day, or am I going to get some money out of this or am I going to get a check? They were controlling the funds yeah. and the bank accounts and all that. So I never questioned it either. We we all done our part, and it all worked, and nobody ever questioned or there was a level of trust and belief and it was going to work for both of us, the whole equation. And I think that relates to a lot of success on our end and probably not the ideal way to do business without agreements and operating and partnership agreements and all the other things, but it worked. And that level of trust is what made it successful for us. Yeah. That's the biggest lesson from the second one was that it's just learning that the, the person you're going into business with, and this is the crazy part of that. That stuff can change. People change in their lives. You know, what yeah. somebody's like five years down the road may not be the same as they are right now. That's right. And that's the scary part. I think that's why the reason on Dave Ramsey would be like, I don't do partnerships. Because yeah. you never know where the other person is going to go mentally, emotionally, whatever. Uh, however, they may change. And so that second partnership was that. Okay, I got to make sure you can't just have a good idea that you and share enthusiasm and partner up. You got to make sure that you guys, either you're both untrustworthy you know, like from the standpoint of how you see others. And so you're, you're guarded the whole time. Maybe that works. But if you're unequally yoked from the standpoint of like, okay, I'm a trusting person who believes the best in others. This guy's more skeptical. So he's like looking for a reason to find a, you know, hole in my armor, so to speak. Yeah. It just wasn't the right wavelength for us to so, win. So fast forward maybe a couple of years and then you and I partner. Yeah. Was that something you identified early on that I wasn't aware of that, okay, we're both very trusting or I don't think you and I ever talked about that that I remember. Were you in the back of your mind like, okay, if I partner with Chad, I need him to be very trusting like me and somewhat laid back from a trust standpoint. We're just going to do this and figure it out. Yeah. So the interesting thing about our partnership that was different than the other ones I'd been a part of was that there was very limited risk or uh, that I was felt like I was exposed to in the first two because we weren't bringing like existing business into the picture. We weren't, I didn't bring a ton of money into it. What I was gonna willing to waste was my time. Sure. Which was kind of the way you came into yours. You you might waste time with Ken and his dad, and they were their risk was limited, right? Twenty five hundred bucks to start with. Right. They knew exactly what they could lose. So I was risking time yeah. and energy and effort, but I also knew 
there was opportunity there. Yeah. But probably bigger picture, and I don't I think I identified this at the time is I get to learn business. Yeah. Even if I am, if this doesn't work, maybe we don't make any money. I'm still learning, and this is teaching me some valuable things. And it, it sounds like for you, that was part of the equation. Yeah. Too. So I think that they it's a little different. But when you and I partnered up, so we're both running a cleaning business as a side gig. We both got a full time venture, and we have a cleaning business that's like big enough. We're, we're making money off of our individual businesses, but not big enough that we couldn't that we could hire someone to run it full time without not making anything off the business. So I needed the money from the business, but I was at a point where I just was tapped out. I was doing so much by myself. I couldn't afford to hire a manager yet. And so we, you and I talked about you buying my company. And so I was just stuck. I'm more avoiding, like, I got to figure out, like, I'm, I'm feel trapped. I got to find a way to not be trapped anymore. So our partnership, we knew each other vaguely for a couple of years we're in the yeah. same civic group together. that's right so we're like at least we v and i has this thing they say um vcp so it's visibility leads to credibility which leads to profitability so if you just are seen consistently over time i just get used to seeing you i just assume you're credible because you haven't i've seen you 50 times you haven't stabbed me yet <laughs> uh, you must be trying and that's just the way our we're actually human nature works like you you see certain things like you're familiar with it so it becomes like you just start to trust that it's that it's there, that something bad ain't gonna happen, which can then lead you to profit, being profitable in a business venture because then you're you know seen as trustworthy. So I think on our end, man, when we sit down and talk, I just wanted to get out of the situation I was in because I felt stuck. And then that again, we were super naive, right? Because at this oh, point, yeah, we, we have something to lose. We both have gener- revenues being generated from these. Businesses. Yeah, we we have legitimate businesses with legitimate revenue and and some profit behind it. And and I remember, I remember like it was yesterday. We were having the conversation about me buying you out, and I think you pitched the idea, why don't we just partner up and combine and do it together? Yeah. I said, why don't we just partner up and see what happens? And I was like, it's a great idea. Yeah. We shook hands. We never shared a whole lot of numbers. We never. We knew our businesses were similar in size. Mm-hmm. I had one huge client. You had... 12 smaller clients, but they equaled about the same in our conversations of revenue and profit. But we didn't sit down and really compare numbers. We didn't do any due diligence. We didn't vet out any details of who was working for each company. We just said, okay, let's do it. And we shook hands right there and became 50-50 partners and rolled. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Entrepreneur Adventure. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please be sure to like and subscribe to The Entrepreneur Adventure wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on the web at www.theentrepreneuradventure.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well. And remember, The Entrepreneur Adventure does not have to be traveled alone, but is a journey to be shared. We'll catch you next time on Entrepreneur Adventure, where we give you the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before.